Hello, my lovers, my puppies, my kittens, my schmoopies. Hi. How is your post-pandemic life treating you? <laughs> well, I hope whether you're vaccinated or not, I hope you are thriving and uh, still being cautious because this little bugger is still around, if you know what I mean. Years ago, uh, I had a friend. His name was Adam. Adam was quite, uh, shall we say, a skirt chaser, a ladies' man. And at some point, he was interested in maybe committing to someone, as in sick, <laughs> titling them um, girlfriend. He was going to knight them, I guess. From henceforth, you shall be my girlfriend. Anyway. He was lamenting the fact that there was one young lady he went on a date with and she had no opinion. She had nothing to say, nothing to contribute to a conversation. It was apparently really painful. And in a moment of exasperation, he says to me, I don't care, Nadej. I don't care. I mean, like, be interested in something, even if it's a rock. Be interested in rocks, but just have something that you give a bleep about. And my mind right away went to, well, hmm, what would that look like? I mean, unless you date geologists exclusively, you're not going to find too many people well-versed in the world of rocks. Uh, I was wrong. As it turns out, there's an entire population, a subculture of people who do just that as hobbyists and as business owners. And I have the pleasure to unpack that fuckery, shall we say? What the fuckery is a rock hound? Well, we're about to find out. I'm Nadej August, your host. And if this is your first time, welcome, bienvenue, welcome, and bienvenido, benvenito. What the Fockery is a podcast about the things we hear about but don't know enough about. A series of conversations dedicated to hearing firsthand from the very people whose lifestyle, truths, or concepts we struggle with understanding. The very things we should know about but are afraid to discuss. Our subjects and topics may or not be mainstream, but our guests and sometimes experts are in it, living their truth whether we accept them or not. And if in that process we manage to bring clarity to you, dear listener, then thank you for being curious, open, and willing. Oh, by the way, when Willow Smith came out as polyamorous, many of you lovingly tweeted me, sent me messages saying, hey, I would not have known what that was like, but once I saw that, I remembered your first episode was on polyamory. So I re-released that episode a few episodes ago, a few weeks ago. So yes, thank you. And also for sharing and telling me that what I'm doing is uh, of service, because that's all I'm about. In that vein today, my guest is Jeffrey Leonard, also known as Stroelli, Stroelli, Stroelli. I don't know. It's a made-up nickname, and we'll find out how that came about a little later on. Jeffrey Leonard is a polymath, 
he'll also have to describe or explain what that fuckery is about. Uh, a culinary chef from Le Cordon Bleu. Uh, he is a music composer, father, brother, son, and dare I say, a rock hound. Jeffrey, hi. Hey, how are you? I'm so happy you are joining me today. Thank um, you. Jeff, Jeffrey Leonard, you have described yourself, or you do describe yourself as uh, polymath on your Instagram feed. I'm yes. really curious as to what your definition of that is and how does that apply in your life? Um, well, it's a person of many disciplines, really, um, just uh, intense uh, hobbies, <laughs> as you would call it. Uh, and some of those may turn into like careers, but just um, definitely not of like the one or two track um, minded like person, multiple disciplines, interested in a lot of stuff and not just like interest, but, you know, pursuing and actively uh, involved in those communities. Mm -hmm. It's a, pa it becomes your passion. So, yeah. You know, for for in my industry, we call that being a multi a multi hyphenate. Um, you know, like <laughs> if you're an actress and dancer, actress, producer, and directors. You know, that's like that's it. But right. you, what have been some of your varied um, disciplines? Um, well, there's a few things. So uh, one, I'm a chef, um, you know, certified chef. I've done. A lot of um, I do a lot of private and, you know, larger settings, just depending on the time um, I'm uh, I, I'm a coder. I'm a, a user experience designer. I actually my full full time day job. I work for uh, Amazon and uh, IMDB, which you might be familiar with as a user experience uh, designer. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a painter, so I do art. What's what you see behind me there, uh, the, the Haitian flag, um, but a whole a whole host of like other things too. But um, and I'm also a rock hound, right? Um, Which is and, why you're here. Yes. Uh, but before we do that, I was really uh, intrigued by you because of your the culinary portion of the program. You said you're a certified chef, and I wanted to yes. make a joke. It's like, yep, you're certified, not certifiable. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I never knew who I'm getting on the other end, my friend. Some, some folks have been certifiable and I've had to like not release their episode. That's hilarious. That's so I'm great. glad you said certified. Uh so what what is your cuisine? Where were you trained? What'd you do? How did one become a chef? Um, so I was trained at uh, Le Cordon Bleu, which is a um, multinational uh, culinary institute um, that started in uh, France. Um, it started in Paris, actually, and then it spread out throughout the world. Um, so uh, I went there. So I have my um, an associate's degree, actually, is what you get um, when you go through the culinary program. It's a two and a half year uh, program, rigorous program. They put you through, you work through restaurants, you work with a bunch of different chefs and you study like all disciplines of cuisines from all around the world. You have to learn about food history. Um, and uh, one of the interesting things that I found out was really how tied uh, the uh, um, uh, Atlantic slave trade was to food, uh, you know, in the pursuit of things like spices, peppers, and 
very much, you know, like the uh, the East, the East Indian, I think trading company, their tea company, uh, out of, uh, England. Like it's, 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 it's been like such a big, huge part of, uh, everyone's life, but, um, the culinary world, um, you know, goes back many, many, many years. There's a lot of history there and, uh, yeah, it's super fun. Um, but there studying multinational cuisine, um, I'm Caribbean. So I had like a a very specific interest in using like Caribbean uh, style um, flavors and colors and things like that. So took all of that training and just kind of, you know, merged it all into one, into my own sort of uh, flair. What so have you, yeah. What have you done with this certification? Um, well, I was, um, I did, I uh, was a private chef for a uh, share for a small period of time. I've done. Share? Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Oh my uh, God. Uh, working with her and her family. Um, I also uh, did a lot of work for the Van Dyke family um, and uh, tons of like private um, uh, events. Uh, that's usually that? my thing. I do. Nice. I do. Well, I have I a do. birthday coming up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. When is that? In September. Oh, okay. Nice. All right. Yeah. I'm going to have to mark the calendar. Mark your calendar. <laughs> you know, I want some guillo and some banan pese. Yes, yes, all day. Yes, <laughs> I got some banan pese waiting to get uh, fried up tomorrow. Uh, I pre-prepped those, but they're they're sitting in the in the yeah. freezer waiting. So, so uh, Jeffrey and I are discussing uh, a, a Haitian dish of the. It's, I don't know if is it the national dish of Haiti. It's, it's one, one of them. Yeah, it's one, it's of, one them. of them for sure. Okay. All right. So you are here because of this gorgeous word that I knew nothing about, and in fact, I want to go. You ain't nothing but a rock. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a nice connection. <laughs> you ain't nothing but a rock. <laughs> That's hilarious. So what the <laughs> fuckery is a rock hound? <laughs> Good question. Good question. Um, you can think of it as um, amateur geologist. The, it's the recreational study and collection of rocks, gems, minerals, fossils from their natural uh, environment. Rock hounds are people that can't pass up a pretty rock without taking a closer look. It's like, ooh. That's a pretty rock. <laughs> are you like are you like the bird watchers of of, of, of rocks? Of rocks. <laughs> I love it. I love yes. it. I may yeah. be an amateur rock hounds or geologist. I don't know anything, but listen, look, as I'm a look, uh, I find these pretty rocks and I just collect yes. them too. I don't know yes. why. I don't know what they are. The the beautiful thing is that there's no experience necessary. <laughs> it's just um, what attracts you, right? Yeah. Rock hounding can be as simple as going down to the nearest creek or road cut, which is like when you're driving through uh, canyons, there the the mountains are split. So in that, uh, there, there are these crystal veins that grow. Uh, and you could be as much as pulling over and being like, oh, yeah, let me see what this is. You see something shiny, uh, it'll catch your attention and you'll kind of like dig a little deeper to see what you find. What tools do you need tools to dig to excavate these things? <sighs> yes, yes. So um, uh, a few. Um, so depending on where you are, uh, you'll definitely want to have your, your pick hammer, uh, pick sort of like a pick axe. 
You'll have um, uh, kind of wedges that you'll use to uh, lock, knock stuff loose. You'll have um, a water bottle just to kind of spray stuff to make sure what you're looking at is something that's actually worth, you know, digging into. Um, you'll have flashlights. Um, you'll have bags or boxes or crates, something that, that you're going to have to um, carry your, <laughs> your rocks around in as you're out there uh, exploring. Uh, depending on where you are, you might need snake guards because you might be uh, walking through uh, bushes uh, and they're just very well likely might be snakes around um, when you're looking for things. Um, in some cases, you'll need to have a hard hat uh, just so just in case so rocks don't fall on you as you're in digging for stuff, especially like if you're like in the mountains or like in a cave or something like that. Um, I mean, those are kind of like the basic tools. You also need like that kind of like a brush in uh, the, the water and the water bottle. I say like when you spray, because sometimes you can't really see um, that a thing is a thing uh, until you kind of like spray it with some water and you're like, oh, OK, this piece of rock is a little shinier than that piece of rock. Let me investigate and see uh, what this is. So what happens once you get this great big sack of rocks? <laughs> Where do you go and when you get home? Do you wash? How do you figure out what they are? What happens? Yeah. Um, so you'll kind of, you know, there's like different buckets. You'll probably like start organizing and organizing your rocks is a thing. Um, and uh, into like uh, species and families and trying to figure it out depending on um, how much you collect it's going to determine on like how many of your rocks you actually clean and wash there's a lot of unwashed and a lot of um, unclean rocks just depends um, because we collect a lot we collect you know we'll go out to the desert we'll collect stuff um, um, like jasper and agates and geodes and all of these like super fun, uh, interesting rocks and minerals. Um, but depending on um, how much you have, usually we'll kind of get home, throw it in a crate or somewhere in a box in a garage. And then, you know, when you have some downtime, really you'll go through, you'll let them soak in water, you'll wash them. Some people tumble their stones depending on what they find. And tumbling is basically a four week process of getting your rock to look shiny um, or just really smooth depending on what it is. Um, it's a four part process. Each part is one week and it takes that amount of time to like refine and get all the dirt and smoothen it all up um, in order for your uh, average looking, what would have been an average looking rock to look nice and shiny and uh, pretty and something that somebody wants to play with. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> it's called what the fuckery, but watch your language. <laughs> um, yes. I want to go to the tumbling situation a little yeah. bit. Okay. It's tumbling. It's, it's obviously, it's a specific term for something specific. How, how does one tumble? Is it, is there chemical involved? Are there? Yeah. Is... So, um, so there's uh tumblers are these, uh, round, um, sort of, um, th there it's a machine that you put, um, all types of rocks in and, um, you add a type of sand, the sand that has little micro diamond particles that are in it. Um, and the sand actually 
when the rocks are turning, tumbling inside of this tumbler uh, that's filled with the, with with this uh, particular type of sand called the grit. Um, and there's different levels of grit that you um, put into your tumbler. And uh, for a week at a time, uh, the rocks just, you know, just literally tumble in, in this, you know, rotating motion. Uh, and the sand um, refines the uh, edges or the surface of the rock. And the when you start, it's like a really coarse process and then you work all the way down to really fine 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 grain sand and that last step that last level of grit is what gets those rocks that you see looking nice and pretty and shiny um uh nice and pretty and shiny <laughs> <laughs> i'm letting it slide I'm letting that one slide. Um, a lot of uh rock i who knew that there were so much possibilities in the rocky in the rock world uh so I met you, well, other than just us being Instagram friends, I didn't know this, but you have a, you've made a business out of it and your business is yes. called Naked Crystals. Yes. Okay. Yes. So before we jump into that, because how are, are crystals rocks? Forgive my ignorance. Yes. Yes, crystals they are. Crystals are rocks? Yes, they are. Huh. Yes, they are. Absolutely. Okay. And how do you come to recognize when you spot a crystal on the ground or somewhere in the cave or do you just um, have an eye for it i mean so it's gonna stand out because you're gonna be around a lot of you know dirt and one thing in particular is gonna stand out that looks different from the rest of the dirt that you're around at least well um we when we're rock hounding we look for um clues uh clues are like crumbs that um, crystal crumbs, there'll be like a trail. And if you see, if you're walking along a path and you happen to come across, you know, something insignificant that's shiny, the theory is there's always more. Um, and so once you start seeing this trail of this, this breadcrumb trail of uh, shiny stuff, uh, you know, you're kind of like in an area where uh, you may find some type of crystals and there's you know, all sorts of different types of uh, crystalline type products. And it's just like really micro crystals. They form into things like agates, which is a, a chalcedony. Um, and those are the things that you'll likely find on the side of a road cut on the side of a mountain. Um, but it, it stands out um, to the watchful eye. Uh, you'll see something and you'll know that that thing looks different. Mm. And so you'll like dive a little deeper into it and sort of start investigating and seeing if this thing has any sort of translucence, if it's shiny at all, if it's, you know, how, what, you know, if it's opaque and then you'll, you know, start to try to determine like what it is that you're looking at. And if it's, you know, nothing you'll be able to tell relatively quickly and you'll just toss it aside, but you'll keep looking. And if you find anything, you know, you'll always find more. It's just a matter of how long you want to dig or look. Mm -hmm. So there are there groups, are there rock hounders? Are you guys like a gang? <laughs> there are you'd be surprised there are a lot of groups i'm a, i'm a part of many uh rock counting groups like on facebook uh rock identification groups um there's uh lapidary groups the lapidary groups are the people that actually cut and facet the stones 
Um, and they're, you know, uh, kind of a subset of the rock hounding community. <laughs> they're the ones that are, that are really like cut your stuff into um, almost jewelry uh, when you're ready to start getting your stuff into the gemstone level uh, is when they start cutting and shaping uh, so these is that, rocks. Is that when a crystal becomes a gemstone? It's when these yeah, guys... Yes. What do they yes. call them? The um, lapidaries? Lapidaries. Lapidaries. They, yeah. they turn them into gemstones. They so turn don't... them into, they turn crystals into gemstones. Wow. I always yes. assume, you just found a gemstone on the ground. No. Where gemstone? <laughs> no. So. Technically, they're, I mean, they're already like a gemstone, but for it to really be considered a gem, gemstone quality, which is, where it gets super expensive because um, I can give you like, um, you know, for example, um, you, you, you made a purchase. Thank you very much for supporting the business. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, there was an aquamarine in there, right? right. Um, that aquamarine, uh, once that gets cut down into like a stone that you'll put into a ring, um, it becomes a lot more expensive um, because of the work that goes into it. Uh, lapidarists, they are very precise in their profession. There's like maybe 300 different angles that they can, you know, turn the stone to get it like just right. Um, and they do this, you know, all day and it's really beautiful stuff. But once a, a stone has been cut, it becomes a gemstone. Wow. I learned a new term and who knew there was such a career? What do you do for a living? I'm a lapidarist. Yep. And they oh. make a whole lot of money. Yes, they do. I bet. I bet. Yeah. Well, why aren't you a lapidarist? Oh my gosh. I think I have enough uh, hobbies and careers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell, tell my audience a little bit about your naked crystals. I, I love the name, um, but how, how, what's, what's, what do you do? Because it looks like you auction things. Um, yeah, that, that's a, that's a good observation. We've actually just started doing, uh, those auctions, uh, recently, just kind of testing it out and seeing what engages people to buy. Um, but as a rock hound, um, you know, it sort of natural, I sort of naturally, um, started getting a pretty big collection of, uh, crystals. Um, and I mean, like, you know, in the thousands of specimens, um, area and so at some point it's like all right i'm either going to run out of room or i need to sell some stuff <laughs> so uh so yeah so um, i started rock hounding my sons are rock hounds as well um and i started selling um, my specimens and then um, being part of the community you know i meet people other rock hounds from different uh, parts of the world uh, and we uh, buy stuff from each other to help support each other's um, sort of hobby and business. So that's how I'm able to get a lot of the really like rare uh, materials that can only be found in certain parts of the world. Amazing. So your business model, people can either purchase or they can bet, uh, bid. Yes. Okay. So explain that can, whole auction thing. Cause that, blew yeah, my mind. it blew yeah. my mind that I was so intimidated. No, I, it blew my mind enough that I was like, well, I don't know how that bid is. Why don't I just straight up purchase something? I want <laughs> call it a day. It's yeah. 
And, Name and your it's price. funny I'll because it. some, yeah, some people, they just don't have the patience to go through uh, the bidding process and they could just go on the site and see something similar and they can just purchase it outright. Uh, but some people uh, like, the, to gamify their purchase process and they get a kick out of knowing that there's another person out there that's willing to pay a little bit more than me for this and I don't want them to have it. I want it for myself. And they will go back and forth and they will bid and try to outbid each other. Um, each auction period lasts for about a day and a half or so. Um, whenever I do uh, auctions, it may be like three pieces, it may be six pieces, it may be nine pieces. Uh, it just depends on, you know, what I've like photographed that day. And that's one of my other, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, polymathical uh, careers. I'm a photographer as well. So all the uh, uh, photographs that are on the page are done by myself and one of my sons. So. Can I just say, I, I, I'm like a little exhausted when I think about <laughs> all the stuff that you do. Where do you find, do you, do you, do you sleep? <laughs> I, I do sleep, can. but I don't, I don't sleep a lot. Yeah. I think I've, I have like this high functioning ADD is what I call it. Self-diagnosed? <laughs> is like, yeah, self-diagnosed. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah just you know squirrels every moment i just <laughs> you know it's like ooh, something shiny especially with rocks that really fed my uh my self-diagnosed add <laughs> right. how often do you rock hound um try to go out on weekends that are free like during the pandemic ah oh, man i got to get out all the time um just because you know everyone was just stuck in the house and so we just went out and went out into the desert go out into the mountains go out into the ocean cliffs where you'll find you know stuff near the oceans um and just it's the nature everything is so peaceful so serene so um the bulk of like the concentration of me going out was during like the pandemic, just because I didn't want to be stuck in a house and nothing was open. So it really gave me an opportunity to kind of hone that hobby, you know, and craft and uh, find some really cool stones too, at the same time. I bet. How do you know where to go? Do you just go to places randomly? Is there a map? Is there an underground rock hound map? There is. It's <gasps> called Mendat. Oh, what? <laughs> It's called Mindat, like mind that, but it's M-I-N-D-A-T. And it is uh, a global map, um, covers the entire world um, of where you go. So when I travel, because I do travel to Rockhound, uh, the first thing I do is go to this Mindat map and find out what people have found in the area because people report it. Uh, and you can investigate certain areas to figure out the general vicinity. Like I know there's gonna be some amethyst over here, but I might have to hike and jump through a couple hoops, but I'll start to kind of look for evidence and look for those crumbs. Um, but yeah, that map helps out a lot because people report their findings, you know, they don't really report exactly where they found it because they're weird. Rock hounds are kind of stingy about their locations now. <laughs> yeah, especially when they have they're making money out of it, right? They probably yeah. don't want you to find uh, the rarest amethyst available, right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. This is amazing. There, yeah, there's actually um, there's actually groups. 
um, uh, government uh, groups that are created to um, when so as a rock hound, if you've discovered um, a um, a place that has uh, a specific type of rocks and or or stones or crystals, um, you can actually state a claim for that. And you can file this claim with the state, the city, the state, um, and um, you can essentially become the only person that's uh, licensed to actually dig in that spot. Um, so there are a lot of claims out there and there are a lot of like, you know, spots that have been claimed. People, you know, kind of rummage through it anyway, but there is an official um, claim that you can file when you find a section that has uh, a particular type of crystals. Wow. And um, have you claimed anything? I have not claimed anything yet because I'm all up in other people's claimed <laughs> claimed uh, spots. <laughs> like, okay, while you're busy claiming, I'll be rock hounding. Yes. Uh, uh, it's actually managed by a group that threw me off because it's called BLM. <laughs> but <laughs> it's called B BLM, which is the Bureau of Land Management. <laughs> so if you find the unclaimed spot, you would file a claim with the Bureau of Land Management, which is part of the U.S. Department of Interior. And um, you can actually stake a claim for that for that location if it's public property. Wow, this is so cool, BLM. Just when I just when we thought we knew, <laughs> we don't own the term. <laughs> no, we do not. Unfortunately, uh, where is where is your um, ideal place? The place you'd love to, country you'd like to go to, Rock Houndin. Do you have a place oh, like that? Wow. Um, so place. yeah, there's definitely a few places. So Namibia. Um, uh, and Africa uh, has some of the most beautiful stones uh, that that I've ever, ever, ever seen. Um, Brazil also is the source of some really, really, really beautiful stuff. Um, Peru um, has some amazing, some of the world's most like exotic looking uh, mineral combinations. Um, that are all formed in, in one rock. Uh, so those are like three of the places that I actually can't wait to get to. Um, I will absolutely be, um, rock counting, um, in, in those places. Like I'm the type of person I'm like, Hey, well, Hey, all I need is an excuse. Let's go. Nice. Uh, anything in Haiti that you know of? Yes, absolutely. Um, Haiti, the Island of Hispaniola, both Haiti and, uh, the Dominican. Dominican Republic together is the home of the third rarest stone on the earth. Oh and my gosh. Let's go rock yes. down there. Yes. And uh, that stone is called Larimar. It's a, a beautiful blue um, uh, patternist uh, 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 mineral that when you're looking at it, it looks like you're looking down at the ocean from the sky. It, there's all these beautiful patterns. Mm -hmm. um, it is literally the only place on the planet that you can find Laramar, which is what makes it the third rarest stone on earth. 
What have you been yes. to Haiti to do to Rock Hound yet? I sure have. I sure and have. Do you have this Laramus? I sure have. I Ta- absolutely do. That's going to be, uh, please have a picture of you with it or something for me to share on Insta page. For, yes, on, yes. On the What the Fockery's Instagram page so people can absolutely, see Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I have I have some beautiful Laramar stones. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, the pl- and, and where you get it is actually um, the mountain range. It borders the Dominican Republic and Haiti. It's literally like Lit right in the, in the middle. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Wow. What what part of of is of the country is that called? Do you remember um, the name of the town? Um, so on on the Haiti side, um, it's it's north of Labadie. Labadie, and, mm-hmm. and uh, on the Dominican Republic side, it's just south of Barahona. Mm, okay. Yeah. Vacation spots, hashtag life goals. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You have to like absolutely. I would absolutely recommend it. Uh, super fun, super fun stuff. But I, um, yeah, when you travel, you gotta like instead of going to a gift shop, go on the beaches, go to the mountains, and find these beautiful like rare stones. Oh yes, and bring them back. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. Yes. How on earth does how tall are you? I'm six four. How on earth does a six four black man <laughs> get into rock hounding? It is just, you know, people think we're just like this monolithic group, but we are not clearly. Like that would be the last thing that yeah. we look at you and think, oh, clearly he's a rock hounder. <laughs> I definitely stand out amongst other rock hounds. I was gonna say, you must always you, you must be like a little bit like me, always that one in the room. <laughs> Please tell There's, me you're not the only one representing. Not the only one representing. There, there are a few of us that are really uh, like into it. Um, but it's and they're, very, and they're very... geekier looking, probably. <laughs> I no. wouldn't say that. You'd be surprised. No, they're not. They, they, they look relatively normal, just like you know, normal black folks. There goes to show me in my stereotypes. You know, yeah, <laughs> the tropes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, yeah, what happened to you one day? You got hit on the head with a rock and you looked at it like, oh, it's beautiful. No, like I've always um, had a natural uh, like attraction to crystals and just the pretty rocks. And um, before I even knew, like there was uh, a thing. And uh, some time ago, uh, a friend of mine uh, was out, um, you know, with her kids and looking for uh, stones. And I thought, hmm wait, you mean I can find this stuff on my own? And so I started doing some research uh, for, you know, super novice people that are, you know, brand new getting into it and are a little intimidated to go hang on the side of a mountain cliff uh, or, you know, wrestle with rattlesnakes. (laughs) Um, There are uh, pay, we we call them fee digs. So you pay a fee and you're able to go to uh, a controlled mine setting uh, where they um, go and they'll uh, put in a bunch of like dynamite into this like spot and they'll blow up all of this stuff and they'll have all of their tractors and stuff bring out all of this dirt into a big giant pile and they let people for a fee go through the rocks to see what they find. Um, And it's uh, probably an easier 
uh, way for people with smaller children that like aren't really used to it and don't really want to be hammering at rocks. Um, the pay or the fee digs are a good entry point for, for people. I didn't find that out until after I was already hanging on the side of a cliff. But uh, when my, when my, uh, when my then uh, eight year old, uh, he's, he's uh, 10 now, um, was uh, just a little bit too small to be hanging on the side of a cliff with me and he wanted to go out. Um, we, I looked it up and found that there were these pay mines that you can go and find some really cool stuff. And we started doing that and, uh, it was really fun. Mm, what a great hobby. Like, how yeah. cool is this kid? Like he gets to go and say, this is what I did this weekend. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. My son cool. has found some really awesome stuff, some tourmaline, some nice, you know, quartz, some nice rose quartz, some different, like really interesting rocks. So, the earth is amazing. Oh, let me yeah. tell you. And it's like nothing more amazing than to see all these beautiful structures that are created. And you're like, this just came out of what? Yeah. God created this. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It sounds magical. Um, so in terms of your pickup lines, <laughs> I sell rocks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a hook line and sinker. Right there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Wait, does that, does that ever work? No, I sell rocks. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I sell rocks. <laughs> uh, I, it sounds so horrible when you say it, but when you like actually think about it, it's so innocent. <laughs> you literally are. Yeah, li literally are selling rocks. I want to jump into the esoteric nature of rocks and crystals because we, uh, there are yeah. rocks, there are gemstones yes. that people tell you, if you wear this, this will help you focus and concentrate. Do you yes. also happen to, when you spot a tourmaline, for instance, or I already forgot what I ordered from you, I, Amber, was it? No. Uh, it was a topaz. Topaz, yes. Things like that. Um, do you go, oh, I know. Okay, first of all, is it true that they have these properties that are attached to them? Yeah, absolutely. So you have to think about um, what it takes for uh, anything to grow in, in the world. For us to grow, we need energy. Um, for anything to grow, for a plant to grow, for food to grow, for a baby to grow, uh, we need energy. Otherwise, we don't grow. Hey, listeners, the term self-care is thrown around a lot these days and deservedly so. And I think we can all agree that mental health is part of self-care. And one of the many reasons we tell ourselves is lack of time and money. Well, BetterHelp.com is the world's largest counseling service. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Now, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed, accredited, and board-certified therapist in under 24 hours. Therapy from the comfort of your own space. What could be better than that? You can schedule weekly video sessions or phone sessions with your own personal counselor. You can log into your account at any time from anywhere to send a message to your counselor. And BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change your counselor if you ever needed to. Um, it's very affordable. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So get started today 
And you, as a What the Fockery listener, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash fockery10. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com forward slash fockery10. In fact, use fockery10 as a promo code and discount code anytime and anywhere you um, use our sponsors. Okay, back to our program. Have I left any stones unturned? <laughs> you have all the punchlines. <laughs> um, no, we covered a lot. We talked about, you know, lapidaris and, you know, how they how they uh, uh, fit into the fold. Uh, we talked about uh, tumbling, which is kind of like your home version of, you know, uh, amateur uh, um, uh, lapidaris, but it's not. It's just, you just kind of let it do its thing on its own. Um, people cutting gems, leaving gems natural. Now, the name Naked Crystals really uh, stems from the love of the um, minerals in their natural form. Um, so you won't see us selling uh, any cut stones or anything like that, unless with the exception of something like a Laramar, which like can only be broken out uh, of its mountain. I have like these insane videos and one day I'll show you of me inside of the Laramar cave where you have to dig 150 feet into the ground and then like spider tunnels. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting all the way around. Uh, but yeah, I think we, you know, we've covered, we've covered, Part of that. <laughs> All right. I will have uh, the link to Naked Crystals on uh, in the show notes, if that's okay yes. with you. Absolutely. Uh, unless you don't want people to contact you ever. <laughs> no, no. Come on down. <laughs> um, and you have your Insta page for your Naked Crystals as well. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and it's it, Naked Crystals with a Z instead of yes. an S. Of course it would have to be with a Z. <laughs> I mean, you're too cool. <laughs> Speaking of Z, are there any rock stones, gemstones, all same things that starts with the letter Z? I don't think I've ever heard of a stone that's a Z named. Um, well, there's a zircon. Um, no. uh, that yes. cubic zirconia that people are supposed to buy <laughs> when you give that to them. Right, right. Is that exactly. is that truly? That like, is we're... that is that is one. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, hang it's on. a low. So zircon technically isn't cheap. So why does it get the joke about being a cheap thing that, oh, you got me cubic zirconia? Well, the the thing is, is um, because like what makes a diamond um, a diamond is that it's the hardest uh, on the moss scale. Uh, That's that's what determines uh, different types of uh, stones, what they are. Uh, and a diamond on the scale of zero to 10 is a 10. Uh, and you can only cut other stones with a diamond. Uh, but a diamond is actually not rare. It is probably one of the least rarest stones out there, but it's the most controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there are other stones um, like cubic zirconias and quartz that can uh, essentially like mimic uh, and have the properties that almost look like a diamond, but it doesn't have the hardness. And so uh, it's looked at as a fake diamond, um, which is why it gets that like that, uh, that bad rep, but it, there's nothing, you know, fake um uh, about any sort of like natural uh, stone whether it looks like another thing or not but it's not a diamond it's not a real diamond so that's there you have it 
So cool. Now, um, I hope your attention span isn't as awful when you are in my well, awful is such a judgmental word and it's bad, but as, uh, <laughs> uh, distracted when you are in relationships, I have to go there. Wait, say, wait, oh, <laughs> I missed the question. You're like, come again? <laughs> Give it to me one more time. <laughs> Are you running an auction while we're doing this interview, sir? No, not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was trying to make a joke and I think it bombed. So maybe I might as well uh, miss, you know, pass. No, say, no. You know how you have many interests you were saying yes. and you can't seem to, you're just all focused. Yeah. Are you the same way in your relationships? Um, no, it's like, you know, relationships kind of give you some sort of like grounding and peace and kind of bring you to that, like oneness that you kind of need. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I can say that I have been, you know, and that's just from being like all over the place in terms of having a lot of pots on the, uh, you know, on the burner at the same time. Um, but I think uh, relationships kind of bring you into, into that like oneness and you know, help you kind of focus. All right. So the promise is that while you are a polymath, a man of many talents and interests, and you do devote your time to them, if you are in a relationship, you promise to be grounded. Absolutely. <laughs> focus. <laughs> and with my feet, with my feet in the dirt. <laughs> not hanging off a cliff and banging on it <laughs> well, what can i say this was such such a pleasure now i actually thought your name was trelli yes is that, is that it, you it, or not it, it, it is it's a it's a nickname oh which you know another how that name came about yes, uh please. was <laughs> uh because uh i'm also like a composer so oh, i've done of course a lot you of, are um, are you music. a ballerina too i'm not i'm not i'm not <laughs> but in my uh in my uh, heavier musical days uh in my youth um uh that's what uh, the name maestro uh came about and strelli is uh an extension of two names kind of put together which came from maestro Ellie. And uh, everyone just kept calling me Stro or Strelly just to kind of shorten it because I didn't really like the, you know, people, they, you know, they'd kind of like be like mice and be like, did you call me mice? I'm like, no, just it's Stro, just Stro. So Strelly kind of became, came out of that music world that I was in for so long um, and in that music environment. So that that's a hobby I totally forgot to mention. I don't even know how I did that. Yeah, how did you do that? Because <laughs> you have too much going on. <laughs> well, you were fascinating. What a joy to talk to you. Oh, no, my gosh. thank you. It was a pleasure. We could go on for so much longer, but we can. Uh, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Um, so, but all right, you have two um, children. Yes. Two boys. Two sons. Two sons. And when they were growing up, and there still are some, some, one is at least, well, I mean, I mean, when they were small, I should yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. Smaller, you probably had a cute way of saying goodbye to them. How do you say <laughs> goodbye to them? Because however you say goodbye to them is how you're going to say goodbye to my audience. <laughs> well, um, a tout à l'heure. <laughs> Showing up is François. <laughs> it's un petit peu. <laughs> All right. Well, um, mes amis, we are saying a à... à tout à l'heure. À tout à l'heure. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
can say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Wait, pedate, attend, return moi. That all means Wait a second. Not quite goodbye yet. Wanted to remind you to please write a review so that others can find this awesome podcast. Feel free to share it. Send in your topics. I love hearing from you guys. We are building a nice community of What the Fockery listeners. Uh, We have uh, Patreon as a great way to support. If you do decide to support on Patreon, what you will get, one of the cool things is you will get to watch the actual video version of most of these recordings on top of, you know, extra things. Uh, Facebook, we have a Facebook page. Come check us out. Come follow and interact, please. Instagram, where you can see the photos of what our uh, guests look like and uh, motivational and inspirational quotes on a daily. And uh, and I want to hear from you guys when I look, I'm looking for guests and certain topics. And I would love if you reached out a little more. I have a few ideas that came through uh, some of you guys. uh, And I have found some experts to come on or people in a certain lifestyle. So please do that. Uh, Like, share the whole bit, the whole kit and caboodle. Okay, now officially, bye. 